So, okay, I'm not going to ask you to say what it is. Unless, well, I may ask you, but I'm not going to point at you and make you. So how many of you, I try not to be too churchy at times. It's sometimes hard not to do that in church, you know, since you're in church. But um, to do different, like make people feel uncomfortable or anything like that. But I don't want to assume that everyone has a favorite Bible verse. Maybe, maybe you, don't, you didn't grow up with a lot of exposure to Scripture, whatever it may be. But, but maybe you've heard a verse or a saying that you've always thought was a Bible verse or whatever it may be. But you just have a favorite. How many of y'all have, I promise I'm not going to call on you. How many of y'all have like maybe a favorite verse? It's like something that sticks out. It's like this is my, when, I, when I'm feeling this way or I'm whatever, I go to this or I gain whatever it may be. Um, why is, now here I am asking, the verse that is maybe your favorite or that just, why? Why that verse for you? Now you can talk. Even if you didn't raise your hand. If there's a verse that resonates with you, I'm not going to make you quote it because I promise you that's when you'll forget it. Um, why is that verse specifically, why would you, why is that verse so close to you, you think? Yeah. Good. Great. Now no one's going to answer because that was so good. <laughs> Anybody else? No. But seriously, even if, yes, Mike. Uh huh. So your verse is a reminder to yourself of your dependency upon Christ. What else? What what is it about? Yes, ma'am. Mm. Mm, that's good. There's hope there, and so that's personal to you because I'm. It's it's your favorite because it's very personal to you. That's that. It's that daily reminder. What else? Someone else had something. So your favorite verse is about not having anxiety and that God gives you the peace that surpasses understanding. And so why would, why would you like that verse? <laughs> right. No, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this. I, I've talked a lot about my favorite. I, I, I usually reference two favorite verses. They're actually one, one verse, but they're two different sentences. And it's in Matthew 9. We've been studying the book of Matthew. Um, and Jesus had just called out Matthew as a disciple. And Matthew's, you know, that renegade guy. He's, 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 on, he's hot and cold, hot and cold, but he ends up being pretty significant uh, in, the, in the future of the church. And Jesus had just called Matthew out and said, follow me. And he came and followed him. And then that night, the Bible says that he had dinner at his house with other tax collectors and sinners. Like tax collectors were not, no, they were not the guys everybody liked. They had sold out uh, to their oppressors. They were collecting money. They were, uh, they were not liked in the community. And so they were having, he was having dinner at, at their house. And the Pharisees, the religious people, um, were criticizing Jesus to his disciples. And they said, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? 
In verse 13, it says, On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And here's my favorite verse. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. When I think about why our verses are our favorite verses, for me, what is it about it? I always go back to this verse and I think about, I think because it's so personal, because it says something specifically to me and calls not just what I am out, but who I am out. Does that make sense? Like there's something in each one of the scriptures that we're mentioning that draw us to when we talk about our hope and, and, and God knowing our future, that we, something that's personal there in knowing who he is in our life and him, how he feels about us. When we think about true religion and we know that there's this calling in our life that becomes very personal that calls us out into something, into some kind of belonging or purpose or something significant that's not just this surface level religion, you know? And for me, it's about where we place, typically where we find our identity. Or maybe where we hope or we desire in that deepest place. I think about this. It talks about, it's like a confession of scripture to say we recognize it's, the, it's not the healthy but the sick who need the doctor. That it's not about our religious sacrifices but it's about mercy and understanding and loving mercy and extending mercy, that it's not about those who claim or truly believe that they are righteous in and of themselves, but Jesus came for sinners. So it's like this confession of this uh, this understanding of this identity, that our identity is found in him, not by the surface stuff, not by the secondary stuff, not by your failures. You are not defined by your failures, You and I are not defined by our successes. You and I are not defined by the things you cannot control. Your identity, you are not defined by abuse. You are not defined by your sexuality. You are defined, when you find your identity, you are defined by Christ as a believer in Christ. Um, Today, we're having baptism I can't think of one thing that may represent a new identity physically more than baptism itself. So I want to just briefly go over, we've taught baptism in different ways, and I'm, I'm going to try and avoid my favorite baptism scripture to teach on. I'm going to do something different, so I'm not going to mention, oh. Everybody's like, I know, the Ethiopian eunuch and all this. Okay. Um, But I do want to just real nuts and bolts, I want to get really specific. The who, the what, the when, the why, and the how of baptism. Can we do that? It's just more like we teach it in our member, our partner class. Uh, But I just want to go through that. The who, the what, the when, the why, and the how of baptism. So one, some of you have grown up in faith, you've been baptized, and you, and you may struggle with being able to even explain what that means to someone else. So maybe this could be a reminder or an equipping to you. Maybe it can be a time of worship to re- remember what that represented for you when you were baptized. But maybe you struggled with it and you're, you need to know, you're looking into some reasoning behind why Jesus invited us into this, into this thing called baptism. And so hopefully this will be a little informational uh, as, as we go through. But as we do that, I just, I still pray that you would, you would spiritually consider the, the significance of it. Um, as we consider what it is that it, that it represents. Um, you know, the first thing is, is that, um, the who, 
the who of, of baptism. And especially when you start dealing with specific local churches, the who of baptism is significant because there are different kinds of baptisms that we see throughout Scripture, and there are different kinds of baptisms we see in today's culture in church, right? Um, there, uh, there are different methods of baptism and, and different baptisms that represent different things. And so it's important that we understand that. Um, there is an infant baptism that maybe some of you were baptized as a child, as an infant. Maybe you grew up uh, Catholic. Maybe you um, uh, grew up in another church where you, you were confirmed or you were baptized at a certain age um, that you don't remember. Um, we don't do infant baptism at Austin New Church. Um, we do something very similar that we believe represent a similar thing because when a, a child is baptized as, as an infant, that is really a commitment of the parents, right, in the church, raising this child in the Lord. And it's this commitment of this thing that this represents, which I think is beautiful. It's why we do uh, child dedications at our church, for us to be able to stand together as, as parents and as brothers and sisters of Christ, the community of faith, to be able to commit to one another, just to do the best we can with and for each other uh, in, that, in that time. But when you look at Scripture, um, um, the baptism that Christ taught was a baptism into him. It's a believer's baptism, that it's a baptism that it represented an identification with Christ himself, um, which is very important, which when we look at the why, we'll talk about what that is. But many times in scriptures, you see um, that people were saved and then were baptized. And there are many people who believe that you are not saved until you are baptized, um, I, don't nece- I don't necessarily believe that. I think that we're saved because of the cross and that um, Scripture gives us every evidence in the world that uh, our righteousness is based on Jesus and what he's done on the cross. But what we believe is that baptism then is a representation. It's, an, it's the coin the phrase I grew up with. It's an outward representation of an inward decision, something that we have already done as believers. So when we think about who should be baptized, I think scripture is pretty clear that it's anyone who believes in Christ because we are then identifying ourselves with him and his baptism. Um, now, we have, I grew up Southern Baptist. It's pretty, pretty hardcore conservative Southern Baptist. And there was a day when uh, the hows and the whats and the methods and all of this of baptism to me there was a season in which the legalism of, ex, of the exact, of the law, uh, kind of dominated my, my viewpoint on baptism. And I've met a lot of people who, have, um, who were baptized young, maybe as infants or whatever, or whenever. They, they may not remember much of it. And then as adults, they may hear a teaching on baptism of the believer and one of two responses happened. Either they feel a little offended or, or defensive because what they, what they hear being said is that what I'm telling you is that what you did does not count. And that's not what I'm saying. Um, but there are also those that I have met, and I genuinely believe this, that as we do things in faith, and this happens not just in baptism and all kinds of things, we never stop growing spiritually. 
There's always more of God. There's always more scripture, always more truth, always more of kingdom for us to learn. And what I believe with all my heart is there is a possibility that we can do something and make a certain commitment on one day. And as we mature and as we grow into a greater understanding of what that was to represent, that I believe God understand, God knows our hearts to know whether or not there was a there was a completion or a deeper feeling or, or understanding that went to that decision at that time. And so I'm not going to go, that baptism doesn't count. Um, but I think that's between you and God. Now, what I do believe is biblical um, baptism is of a believer because it represents a commitment of that person surrendering to, the, to, to Christ as Savior, receiving his sacrifice for our sins, Okay. And so the who, we teach that it's a believer's baptism. We're not going to get legalistic, though, on um, did you understand fully what that meant when this happened? Um, what's important is that we can look on what it does represent and know in our hearts what it represents. Um, but we do believe the who is a baptism uh, of believers. The what? What is it? What is baptism? Um, well, it's certainly symbolic. Um, it was interesting that Jesus himself was baptized. Jesus was without sin, correct? And the baptism that John the Baptist taught was baptism of repentance from sin. And so here is Jesus with no sin. And he got in the water with John. And John looked at him and he was like, whoa, remember? He goes, whoa, dude, I can't baptize you. You need to baptize me. And you remember Jesus' response? He told him, he says, I want you to permit this for now. Uh, the word permit there means to suffer it. And it was this really interesting thing because right in that moment, Jesus was saying, here's a way that I want to do something. And I know you're struggling with how, but I want you to suffer your will right now for my will and allow me to come into this water because something's about to happen. And he, he, he listened to Jesus' words. He baptized Jesus in that moment. Scripture just paints this beautiful picture of the, of the heavens opening up and the spirit ascending on Jesus in the form of a dove. They heard the father say, this is my son who, I, who I'm well pleased. We know directly out after this baptism, Jesus went into, the, into, into a season of temptation. But we know after this baptism that <clears throat> Jesus also began his public ministry. So this was a new day. It represented a new thing um, for Jesus. And so... That baptism represents, we know then it was the beginning to the end. It was the beginning of his public ministry, which led to the cross, to which he died for our sins, was buried, and rose from the dead. Baptism, what it represents, is the being, dying with Christ, being buried with him under the water, and coming up to walk in new life. So the just, the symbolic, the what, why do we do this, what does it represent, but it's a public profession of faith to those who see us. Um, so the who, believers, what? It's symbolic. When? I just wrote down when you believe. Um, we talked about that a little bit on, on the who. But when? When you believe. Dang it, I'm going to do it. So, so <laughs> remember the story? The Ethiopian was reading the scriptures, Isaiah. And, and um, I'm just blanking. Who was it that came by? Was it... Uh, Philip, golly, see, I shouldn't have. 
Uh, Philip came by and he said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And he goes, how can I if no one tells me what it means? And he explains the gospel to, he explains it to him, explains the gospel to him. He comes to faith and they're riding along and, and he looks and he sees water and he goes, hey, look, there's water. He says, what would keep me from being baptized? And he's like, I guess nothing. They got out and he got baptized. And I think it's so interesting. The most beautiful part of that story, in my opinion, is the difference and the struggle that we have in our faith. The difference between being, why do I have to do that? Explain to me why I have to do that. If I did this when I was a kid and I believed this and all this, why do I have to do that? Moving somehow spiritually, whether it's on baptism or anything else, from why do I have to do that, that what would keep me from doing that? I mean, that's profound posture difference, isn't it? Between us and God, like God owes us anything. That we're like, what, you know? I I hope that we can apply that to many things. When he believed, he was like, well, I believe. Why wouldn't I do this? The why. I think it's beautiful we were invited into something. Jesus was without sin, and yet 2,000 years ago, he was baptized at the time of sin, a sin of repentance, to identify himself with our humanity. That 2,000 years later, you and I are able to do the exact same thing and identify ourselves with his righteousness. Wow. To me, that's beautiful. That's an amazing, amazing reason why we would, why we do that. But I would also argue something. There's something powerful about baptism. And I've seen it different in different people. Many times in students and young adults, but many times in, in adult adults. That that baptism they've been struggling with for years and years. When they come out of that water is something powerful. It is something powerful. And I want to say I can't explain it because I can't explain it, but something about that spirit ascending in the form of a dove on Jesus, I think something happens in that moment that I just think is divine. Um, many reasons why. And, and then just the how. Um, again, I grew up Southern Baptist. I've, I, was, I was baptized by immersion fully under the water. Um, we baptize by immersion. The reason is, is because as we study scripture, it just, Jesus' baptism seemed to be a baptism of immersion where he went into the water, went under, and then came up out of the water, the scripture says. Um, again, though, I think Jesus is constantly moving us from the law to the heart of the law in almost everything when it comes to religion and living out our lives. Um, we choose to baptize by immersion because we're just trying to be as faithful to the word that we know how. Um, well, maybe you were baptized by sprinkling or by pouring. Um, maybe, maybe someone hosed you off and, and, and that was your baptism. And, and I am, I, who, who is anyone to say that that was not representation of a baptism of into Christ. Um, I just, I want you to know, and we, we, I mean, early on in the church, you know, we, we wrestled with the language and how to, how to do that. But we just believe that Christianity and, and baptism and that it's, it's, it's supposed to be the most inclusive thing in the world. You know, Jesus said over and over for those who has ears, let them hear. And, um, we baptize this way because, we're trying to be faithful to God's word. Um, but in no way would I ever want anyone in this room to think that their baptism was anything less than it was and what it means to you.
maybe you learn new scripture and you hear new things that I, th- I hope all of our baptisms would begin as we mature to represent more and deeper things as we understand the intricacies of our faith and the depths of who Christ is. Um, but that's why we do it and how we do that. Um, maybe you're here today. Well, you know what? Here's the deal. You are here today. <laughs> you are, <laughs> you are here. There you are. Um, you've either been baptized or you have not. Um, you're either a believer in Christ or, or you're not. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're on the journey. Maybe you're just trying to figure out what it means. Um, when we talk about this believers, just to be reminded that just here's the reality of why I love the scripture that, that Jesus says, I've come not to call the righteous but sinners is because we're all sinners. Because there's just sin in this world. We were born into sin. It's not your individual sin or my individual sin. We were born into a very broken world. And the good news is about the humanity of sin is because then Jesus' sacrifice covers all, all sin. We can't earn it. It's not our individual that breaks it. It's not our individual that can earn it back. Um, but there is sin in the world. Scripture tells us all of sin and falls short of the glory of God. Second thing is we need to remember that God is just. And true justice cannot turn its eye. It can't turn away from sin. Scripture tells us the consequence of sin is death, but the gift of Christ is eternal life. And so because God is just, Jesus paid the penalty. There's a, there's a, there's a word, it's a weird seminary word called propitiation. And what it means is essentially that Jesus took our place. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that because of that, simply these three things are sin in the world, God is just, Jesus paid the penalty, that now we are justified in Christ. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth you profess faith and you are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between the Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all. And richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone who has ears, let them hear. Um, maybe, this is the first time you've ever heard that. Maybe you've heard it for years and you've pondered it. Um, maybe today that truth resonates differently with you. Maybe today you should consider um, in this moment the reality of what that is. Maybe today is that day where in wrestling in your heart or with your mind and trying to earn it or trying to struggle for it or fight for it, it begins to make sense that there's nothing we can do. It's just receiving a, a free gift. Um we would just invite you to consider that this morning. We don't do a big altar call where everybody comes forward and, and, and um, announce you in front of everybody in that moment or anything like that. But in a moment, we're going to have a time of communion to which 
The band will just play a couple songs, and there'll be a lot of movement in the room. There's four tables that have the elements on them where during those songs we'll take communion together. It's during that time that anyone who's already made the decision that they would like to be that they're being baptized, you'll slip out and go to the back and begin to get prepared to go be baptized. But at the same time, if you're here and you just, maybe you're just at that point, you're like, you know what? Today's the day. I want to be, I need to be baptized. I want to be baptized. I'm going to nail this down. This is one of going to be those moments for, for me. I'm going to invite you to just prayerfully consider that. We've got extra shorts, T-shirts, towels. We don't bring underwear, did we? <laughs> but we're, we're ready for you. During community time, we invite you to go back. There's some bathrooms back here. Trey will be back there, and he'll meet with you. If you want to talk to someone about it first, great. If maybe you're considering stepping into faith, what a beautiful mo- opportunity to be able to step into the faith and on that day then be baptized as well. Um, our prayer team will be back in this back corner. Um, if you want to talk to someone more, if you feel like you're there, go back and, and get with Trey and let's, let's move forward. Um, many times an invitation is an emotional invitation. It's like um, hyper um, uh, emotional or a decision of the heart, which it truly is. But I think many times where we just get to that place where we just consider the goodness of God and the decision of the mind and the heart and you just step into that moment and just say, this is it. What would keep me from doing this? Would you ask that question? As we pray, as we sing, would you ask God, God, what would keep me from doing this today? And just allow him to answer. Um, that, would be, that would be my encouragement to you.